Hey fellas, Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. All right, what's up, guys? What's going on? Rob Carbone coming at you, episode thirty-eight of BD4, um, Monday, October twenty-eighth, about to be midnight. Just finished watching the Knickerbockers. Uh, since the last time we talked, they were boy. Last time we talked, they were zero and two, um, but they picked it up a little bit. Oh, thank God they picked it up. <laughs> Well, it didn't start well. I mean, it didn't... See, they they lost to the Celtics. The first home game they played at MSG was against the Celtics. That was a couple of days ago. Um, Oh, God, that game was a friggin' nightmare. Um, And it really, it was the same theme of of the first two games. But, except... (laughs) Except it was probably the worst game of the season because they just fell apart after that first half. Um, I remember... What was it like? There was like five thirteen to play in the third quarter. The Knicks were up seventy to sixty nine. They had a shot, right? You you thought, okay, they have a lead, and they were flirting with the lead, flirting back and forth with Boston the entire game. But you had that feeling in your mind: the Knicks don't have a large lead. This one is going to end end in a debacle. <laughs> um, and it did. You know, sixty to six, seventy to sixty nine with five thirteen thirteen to play in the third quarter. Um. From there, Boston just went on a run, and the Knicks just couldn't get out of their own way. Um, you know, up to that point, RJ was balling, but you know they started to get into a pattern that game, which kind of you know it, it also told you kind of foreshadowed a little bit that they would lose. Um, so from that point, the five minute mark, uh, RJ had a turnover, then he kicked the ball for another turnover, and then he had a shooting foul, and then he missed two layups. Um, to all that to end the third quarter. And that's really when the Knicks started to fall apart. You know, and that's one of the things I hate. You never really want to start relying on one player to get you going. You know, it's kind of those things where, um, you know, they go where he goes. And that was the problem that game. That was a big problem. And it's obviously not on RJ because you can't count on a 19-year-old to carry you the entire time. <laughs> and he scored 26 points that game. But I did notice that it was basically him putting the team on the back for a little bit and when he had his down moments, which is going to have his rookie moments, the Knicks fell apart. And so from there, from that 70 to 69 point, um, the Celtics went on a 49-25 run to close out the rest of the game. It was pretty pathetic. Um, and it was pretty much, like I said, the, the same theme. Um, start out, you know, in in the game and then fall apart. Uh, the Knicks had 26 turnovers. They did not collect many assists. That was the second or third game in a row, maybe, where they had more turnovers than assists, which is pretty damn pathetic. Um, 26 turnovers, they uh, and because of those TOs, man, they were getting killed in the fast break, right? Every time they turn it over, Boston would be on the other end, cherry picking or something. They would just be right over there on the other end, getting a fast break bucket. And they outscored the Knicks on the fast break, 16-2. to you know, and another reason for those fast break buckets were these isolation plays, the lack of ball movement, the lack of player movement. You know, when you have Julius Randle trying to do everything in the post, it's not going to end well. 
So, you know, the lack of ball movement killed in that game. And the defense, they were giving up the same thing on the on the defensive end, man. Giving up threes, giving up, you know, dribble penetration buckets. It was a mess. No Frank Nielkeen in that game. Again, um, what did he get, 18 seconds in the in first half? <laughs> it was kind of an insult by Fizdale. Uh, but we got to game, uh, game four. And the Knicks, you know, playing their second game at the Garden. And they finally took a win. One and three now. It was, I'm telling you, it was just it was it was just good to get a win, man, because you know, after such a terrible start, you never want to go 0 and four, right? I, I thought that at least one of those games the Knicks needed to pick up a win, and they did, but they obviously didn't, but they bounced back tonight and they finally got their first victory of the season. And what do you know? The first game they play I'm sorry, the first win they get was obviously the best the best game of the season and what do you know, Frankie Lakina plays 22 minutes in that game. Not a coincidence, folks. It's not a coincidence. Now, Frank was no way outstanding tonight. And, you know, he obviously wasn't the guy who, who carried them. We'll get to them in a second who carried them. But Frank did play well, man. And right away when he came into the game, I think it was earlier or late in the first quarter, early in the second, not sure. But when he came in, you noticed the defense picked it up and the ball started moving around, Right. Guys were kicking it out. A lot of ball movement there. Um, and that continued throughout the game with Frank. He was 0-6 from the field. Scored zero points. So he was pretty much the same Frankie Lakino we're used to. You know, pathetic offensively. But he did everything else. And that's why he's so intriguing to me. But also at the same time, it's so frustrating. Because you see the game in him, right? He has a great, you know, a great mentality. He passes the ball. He can move the ball around. Um, he plays great defense. He has the wingspan for that. He can rebound the ball a little bit. He really has everything but the scoring. He can't score. He can't shoot. He's not a slasher. He's got to figure out some kind of offensive game to survive in this league. Because right now, you know, it, listen, it's not going to work this way. He was a lottery pick. Got to have something. But, you know, I will admit, and that's, I've been begging for Frank to come into the game all, you know, to start the season. And we finally got it tonight, and he, he's a still a positive impact player. Despite the lack of scoring, he can still impact the game so much because of his ability to move the ball and because of his ability to play great defense. But um, to, make that, to, take, to take that next step, he's going to have to have some scoring eventually. But it was good to see him in the game. 22 minutes, and you know, like I said, the Knicks just played so much better with him out on that floor. Um, I think he deserved another, another look. I think David Fizdale should most definitely give him a shot on Wednesday night when they go to uh, Orlando. Especially with Dennis Smith Jr. still away from the team right now. I think he had a death in the family. And um, Alfred Payton is also, he hurt himself tonight. So I do think Frank will get the start actually, but I'm just hoping he does. But yeah, he looked good. But tonight's tonight's game was not about Frank. It was about Bobby friggin' Portis. Bobby with a capital F friggin' Portis. This man came in there. He dropped 28 points, 10 of 14 shooting, hit all four of his triples, um, 11 rebounds, two assists, a couple of steals, and a plus 31 in the box score. I mean, he, he was so good for them, and he was good on both ends. Don't get me wrong. His defense was spectacular as well. Um, but it was that fourth quarter, man. You know, he came into the fourth, and he just propelled the Knicks on, on this run. Um, you know, it was the game was tied. Because of him, the, the Knicks took the lead because of him, and the Knicks padded the lead a, bit, a little bit because of him. Right, the Knicks were down 88, 80, 88 to eighty-five 
with just over six minutes to go. He hits a big triple to tie to 88. Uh, a couple minutes later, just under two minutes to go, he hits a big triple to make it 100 to 98 Knicks. Um, and then not long after that, he hits a another triple. Puts the Knicks up 103 to 98. He was just so big down the stretch, man. His offense, his defense... Big defensive plays, uh, but it was the shot tonight. And, you know, playing against his former team in the Chicago Bulls, you know damn well he wanted to put on a show, and he did. It was his Nick breakout game. The Garden was cheering Bobby Portis' his name. It was amazing, man. Uh, and the guy had a look. He had the look in his eyes. I mean, he's got the crazy eyes to begin with, right? But uh, he, he, he wanted it. You could see that passion he showed tonight, that energy he brought on the floor. Man, it was awesome. It erupted the, uh, the Garden crowd tonight. Great game for Bobby. Um, but R.J. Barrett, this kid continues to impress, man. His poise, his control, he just plays at his own pace. There's nothing about R.J. Barrett that scares me. He does have to work on his shooting. We'll talk about that in a sec. But he's like, I don't know. He, he is so poised out there. It seems like he looks like a seasoned vet. He really does look like a seasoned veteran. And, you know, you have to remind yourself sometimes, this kid's 19 years old. There's a difference if he's a rookie and he's 25, 24, 23. This kid's 19. He's 19 years old. He's five years younger than me. That's freaking insane. And he's out there dropping 20 points a game so far for the Knicks. Now, it's only four games in, but you got to appreciate what he's doing. Tonight, R.J. Barrett goes, what, he, what is he, was he got 19 points. He has 15 rebounds, five assists, and he only turned it over two times tonight. Defense continued to stay well, and he made some big plays down the stretch. He, he reminded me a lot of Carmelo tonight, and I mean that in the good way, the good Carmelo tonight, where he was getting his own offensive rebounds, right? We saw that with a missed drive to the rim, but he picked it up, got the rebound, and he stayed patient, waited for the defense to play out, then took the shot. And uh, I think late in the game as well, he had a free throw miss, then he got his own rebound and put the layup back in to put the Knicks to pad the Knicks lead and officially put the game out of reach with like 15, 16 seconds left. He was doing some really great rebounding tonight. And he's been rebounding all you know all four games so far. I think he had five one night, he had seven the other three, and tonight 15. So he's rebounding. Uh, he's scoring. Uh, the shot, that's going to that's gonna start to regress because he's not a great shooter. And um, one thing that hasn't been good the entire way has, has been his, his free throw shooting. That's definitely going to need improvement. Um... He was, again, under 50% all four games, I think. Tonight, he was 5 of 11. 5 of 11. Um, you got to improve in that area. Um, he did hit the clutch shots, like I said, down the stretch, the clutch free throws. But in order to make it in this league, you're going to have to have a jumper, I'm telling you. And his shot right now, it, it looks good. You know, he's got a nice, smooth, lefty stroke. But he's got to get that free throw down, man. It's you know They're going to start playing that hack at RJ game. If you don't start, if he doesn't start to hit those free throws, but I, I can't get mad at this. At this, at this if that's the only thing that's that's bothering us right now, I'd say we're in a pretty damn good position with uh with this kid, man. I mean, it, it's it's incredible. Uh, we finally have a rookie who you know he wants to friggin' be here, Chris Stapps. <laughs> he wants to be here, and um he looks promising, man, and. Again, it's the defense that stands out for me. You know, this guy wasn't really supposed to be. And again, it's only four games, so let's not get carried away. But he—he he was never—he was never profiled as this defensive player, right? That was the big thing 
um, at Duke. He was never a defensive guy. He was a scorer you know, with some tunnel vision. But right now, he's kind of playing really good defense. He's playing excellent on the perimeter, man. He's smart. He's not doing dumb fouls. And on the other end, he's not taking dumb shots. And, you know, he's moving the ball around some. So it's great to see that, man, from a, from a 19-year-old kid, from a 19-year-old kid. So you just hope, you know, you just hope this is something that also continues throughout the entire, you know, team. You want to see everybody else start sharing the ball. You want to see everybody else play defense. You want to see everybody else start scoring the ball a little bit too. Because, you know, right now, RJ's been consistent. Mitchell Robinson's been consistent. But that's really about it, right? You've had your up and downs with, obviously had your up and downs with Julius Randle. You've obviously had your up and downs with Marcus Morris. You've had your ups and downs with um, even Kevin Knox, Alonzo Trier, right? So you want to see everybody else start to bring some consistency in there. Um, and then hopefully that'll that'll produce some wins, a couple more wins out there, right? The Knicks, uh, uh, listen, I want to win some games this year. Um, I know last year was the entire, the whole tanking deal, right? Win 17 games, and that's how we have RJ. But this year, no, I want to take the actual proper steps in the uh, in the right direction here. And actually start winning some basketball games and start developing a winning culture. Because that's what it's all about. It's not just going to be about get draft picks, get draft picks, get good players. No, you want to start developing a culture where guys are used to winning. Guys are going out there and used to producing a W next to their names. You want to go out there and you want to see the team unite. You want to see some cohesion, some unity out there. And so instead of being a bunch of individuals just throwing around isolation shots and just playing lazy defense, you want to see them come together this year. You want to see them have an, an idea, you know, an identity, and you know, start to develop as a culture. Start to develop, uh, develop a winning culture, a proper culture, a one that uh, a culture that's going to get the Knicks, you know, back in the conversation of you know contenders again. Um, you know, as for how, as for when that's going to be, we don't know. We have to just keep hoping that they they that they take these steps in the right direction. So that starts with tonight. It starts tomorrow. It continues throughout the entire year. And, you know, we keep doing it over and over year by year. We have to get close to that, um, to becoming a contender. We have to get there. So this is where it starts. Um, so, like I said, you have a few uh, a bright future ahead with R.J. Barrett. Um, Mitchell Robinson, I think, is going to develop into an excellent defensive star. Um, I think this guy is, maybe if he stays healthy and he stays in a foul trouble, he can be a perennial, a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. And I mean the JIT candidate because this guy... He can block shots. He can block with either hand. He can block you in the in the interior, on the perimeter. He can block, you know, he keeps the ball in bounds when he blocks you. He is such a great defender out there. And you just want to see him stay healthy. You want to see him stay out of foul trouble because that's been Mitchell Robinson's biggest flaw, right? The foul trouble. He hasn't been able to consistently stay out of foul trouble. It seems like every game he's tallying up at the very least four fouls, right? So you want to see him stay out of trouble there. And if he can stay on the floor, he's a, he's a, he's a tall guy, but he's a thin guy. Uh, so if he can stay durable and give the Knicks 30, 35 minutes, I think you could see a serious double-double threat. Maybe like 10 points, 9, 10 rebounds, and 4 or 5 blocks. Hell, 3, 4, 5 blocks. Um, but I like his future. I like RJ's potential. Um, I want to see a little bit more from, what's his name, from Frank Nielakina. I would like to see David Vizil. I'm <clears throat> sorry. I would like to see Fizz um, give Frank another start. You know, I think this is the guy. This is the guy when they first drafted him. I was looking at him as you know some Rajon Rondo, Ricky Rubio, Tony Allen type, right? Guys that's gonna play defense, but 
He's not going to give you a ton of scoring, but he can move the ball around and rack up some assist totals. So I want to see Frank take a step in the next direction, this, in, the, in the right direction this year. I want to see him see him improve and, and not shoot over 6 or not finish a season shooting under 35% again. I want to see him take proper steps in the in the right direction. So that's a guy I'm going to be looking at. Hopefully Fizdale, you know, with Ellington out now. and with, I'm sorry, not Ellington. With uh, Dennis Smith Jr., you know, um, away from the team right now, and with Alfred Payton um, maybe injured, I want to see Frank get some starting minutes, or I just want to see him get some you know 30 minute games in there, and see what he can do. Right? I, I think this is a guy who can actually be a positive impact. People like to look at stats, but you got to look at the impact he has on the floor. He moves the ball. The team plays better with him on the floor than they do you know with him off the floor. Um, the analytics are there to back that up too. He's a good, impactful player. May not be a numbers guy. Maybe someday he'll be some kind of a numbers guy, but the thing with Frank is he's going to help your team win a game, and that's all that matters in the end. Um, so hopefully you can get some starts. Kevin Knox, uh, I liked what I saw from Kevin Knox tonight. I liked what I saw from him against was it against the Nets when he hit a bunch of triples. Um, he's had some ups and downs so far, but I think he looks better out there um, with his jumper this season. His jumper's been money, though, this year. It's been money so far to start. Um, the stroke looks so smooth. You know, I've noticed the uh, his 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 shot has a higher arc to it. It looks like he's releasing the ball, you know, at a higher point of the release, and it's going in. It's dropping. You want to see him improve in rebounding. You want to see him improve defensively as well, because and finishing at the rim. He, he had a lot of flaws last year. It was a disappointing rookie season from Knox. So this year, hopefully, he continues to be that catch and shoot specialist that he's been so far this year. But you do want to see him finish better at the rim. Hasn't really improved so far in that area. Um, and it really hasn't looked that much better defensively. Um, he had a nice stop tonight. He stole the ball from, I forget who it was, but he, he stole the ball late in the third quarter and ended up with a fast break dunk. So it was a nice defensive play. You want to see more of that, though, from him. And you want to see him start rebounding the ball. You know, I think Kevin Knox has a game where I like comparing players a lot. If you haven't noticed, I like a lot. I do a lot of player comps. I think Kevin Knox reminds me of a Paul George, you know, KD, uh, Tobias Harris-esque type of player. Um, you know, floor, ceiling, whatever you want to say. But I think he has some similar, there are some similarities between him and those those couple of guys. Um, but yeah, you know, you want to see him just continue to play with energy out there. Because that's, sometimes it looks like he's got a low motor. Well, last year it looked like he had you know, a low motor at times, but... If you can, you know, stay energized out there and just give the Knicks solid shooting and add in some defense, with he's got the the build to be a really good defender. That's the thing. So maybe he can he could develop into a better two way player this year. Take steps again in the right direction. Um, so that's pretty much that, right? Other than the uh, no, no, that's that. I just want to see the Knicks start winning some more games. All right. Got their first home win. Um, they head to Orlando on Wednesday. Uh, so hopefully they get their first road win in Orlando here. I don't know much about the Magic. I don't think they're too good. But if the Knicks play like they did tonight with energy, you know, with, with ball movement, um, with player movement, with actual set plays to run, um, with a much better defensive uh, effort, if they play like they did tonight, Going forward, I think they have a shot to win some games this year, to win more than 17 games. I would like for them to aim, you know, north of 30 if they could. That would be an improvement for me. That would be legit improvement for a rebuilding squad. So, 
let's let's see that bring out that same effort on on uh, Wednesday night, and I will see you guys then in the uh, in the blog. All right, guys, thanks so much for stopping by. Rob Corbone signing out. I'll see you soon. Ciao.